All right. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in today. I am Lauren with Reinventing the Tattoo, and welcome to Guy Aitchison's Reinventing the Tattoo community, where tattooers, apprentices, collectors, and the curious are encouraged to join in these live events together, real-world events, share and inspire to ultimately create better art and tattoos together every day. We beam out nearly every day, and with your help, have evolved into a quality network of amazing live and on-demand tattoo and art shows. You are currently watching the Tattoo Collecting Podcast is <clears throat> Russ Abbott. All of these RIT network shows can be enjoyed on demand and now 24-7 right there in the Reinventing the Tattoo community. This can be found in both of your app stores, Apple and Google Play, or <coughs> reinventingthetattoo.com. You may be beaming in on YouTube or Facebook or listening to the podcast, but we are happy to have you here either way. Um, Right now we are doing some cool things. Thank you to our sponsors. We have goodie bags available. If you go to reinventingthetattoo.com slash sample pack, you can get your hands on one of those. We also pick winners regularly when you're watching the show live. So stay tuned to your email and we'll let you know if you won today. Um, before we get started, we'd like to highlight one of our community members for being active and um, participating in the community. So she's got a lot of cool work. Her name is Medusa in the community app, paintings and Lots of cool stuff to check her out. Thank you for um, being a part of this as well. Now, if you're a regular uh, listener to our podcast, you'll know we have several different types of shows. Uh, every single Sunday at 1 p.m., Jason Lesser has a reinventing drawing group. All skills are welcome. You can zoom in, have your art critiqued, and really be a part of something before you get your week started. Also, Jake Meeks of the affiliate Fireside Tattoo Network every Monday morning at 9 p.m has a reinventing drawing group as well. Um, we encourage you to bring your design that you're working in for the week if you'd like to have a critique or draw together with other people. It's a really cool place to do that. Also every week at 12 noon on Thursdays, the Tattoo Collecting Podcast is live with Fawn Baker and Jordan Ruckus. All right. Also, we have some real world events that we wanna highlight real quick before we get going. We have the, um, Next year, we have the Rock River Tattoo Art Expo to let everybody know that's in July 2022. Get, get ready for that, as well as the Paradise Tattoo Gathering is planned for next October, which is a highlight that I am very much so looking forward to. Also, I mentioned this is a free community. Thank you, our sponsors. We have Inkjet Stencils. And inkjet stencils save you time and money. Your hands ultimately uh, high resolution stencils that uh, encourage artists to use. If you'd like to sample, you can find us in the Reinventing the Tattoo app. Raw pigments as well, uh, acrylic free colors uh, that they will not dry out in your caps and bottles. If you'd like to check out their stuff, rawpigments.co. Eli's Pro as well. They are new. They've got. A lot of different products, uh, their own internationally is Dermalize Pro, and you can find them at dermalizepro.com. And our affiliate World Tattoo Events, all of the latest conventions that are being announced, you can find right there, as well as replays of Alex Van Betch's several panel interviews and podcasts that he has with us too. All right, thank you for listening to our little um, introduction here. I'm gonna hand it over to Jordan and Tom, and they will be Russ today, so. Hi, Lauren. How are you guys doing? Well, Doing awesome. Yeah. Back to the tattoo collecting podcast again. Awesome. We're here today with Russ Abbott. Yeah. We've been excited about this show super special show last week. Uh, Russ actually kind of reached out to me to um, kind of talk about the things that uh, Forrest was talking about last week. And then it was like, well, you want to be on the show sometime, Russ? <laughs> and they said yes. So yeah, thank we you, got Russ. Russ today. Yeah, we definitely appreciate it. 
Thanks for having me on, guys. I'm excited to chat with you. Would Russ, you like to take a moment, kind of like introduce yourself? Sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm Russ, um, owner of Ink and Dagger Tattoo in Roswell, Georgia, and also the founder and CEO of Tattoo Smart, which is a online digital marketplace for digital tattoo design tools. Yeah, that's awesome. Tattoo Smart is is great. I've been using that for years. Awesome. I think it's 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 a great tool. Yeah, I've been uh I've been on the Wacom team. I actually just kind of switched iPad. I got my uh, I got a 32 inch Wacom over here that I've you know been using digitally for a while, but I just switched to the iPad after I don't know seven years of using a Wacom. Yeah. yeah, you know I actually still use my Wacom um, for all of my tattoo design. People are surprised to hear that, but you know for me that larger screen is uh it's pretty important yeah big ipad here too and and i'm capable of using it but there's it's always kind of nice to go back to my comfort zone when i really want to get the work done i feel that i feel that i'm kind of on the same page there are you in this sort of uncomfortable transition now trying to figure out how to use a different app or yeah, yeah. I kind of wanted to. I wanted to play with Cro uh, Procreate, and so that's why I got uh, the iPad. And uh, yeah, I've been so used to the WAC, um, the Wacom, and uh, the Clip Studio, and all that. And so now going to the iPad, it was. It's been a big transition. It took me about a month to really get the hang of it, but I just forced myself to do all my tattoos on it for like a solid month. And I feel like I got most of the things that I would use on Clip Studio down, and uh, you know, got a lot of like my brush jets and stuff from your uh, Tattoo Smart and stuff back onto Procreate. I just feel like there's differences between Procreate and Clip Studio. And uh, I have, I use some, like Clip Studio for some things and Procreate for other things. I really like the painting and stuff in Procreate, but the, my geometrical stuff comes together a lot better in uh, Clip Studio. Oh, okay. Yeah. Are you using the, um, just sort of the rulers section of Clip Studio a lot for like Mandala type work? And Yep. Yep. Definitely the special rulers a lot. Those are really handy and really intuitive. Yeah, I mean, there was quite a long time where, you know, early in the days of Tattoo Smart, we were, you know, I was always recommending um, Clip Studio and a Wacom and a computer. And um, we just sort of lost that that battle because almost every tattooer ended up going iPad. Yeah. Clip Studio has an iPad app. It's just really not integrated that well. Mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, kind of squeezing all of that interface into a smaller screen. Is, uh, is all they really did instead of redesigning the app for iPad. So, you know, hopefully someday they'll, they'll catch up and rework their iPad app a little bit. But um, we just pretty much stopped making anything for Clip Studio at Tattoo Smart about a year and a half ago. Um, yeah, I've noticed that. It was just too much. Um, like in the case of a natural media brush set, like the Spit Shade set, you know, it's a totally different brush engine. So we have to go th through and completely make every brush in a totally different way. And, um, you know, having this like one-to-one -one comparison where you can say this is the same product in this app that it is in this app is just not really possible. And um, it just became, you know, too difficult to deal with customers yeah. used when there was only such a small percentage of them that even wanted to use Clip Studio. So, you know, Tattoo Smart is all appropriate for now. Um, <laughs> waiting for Clip Studio also to get better with importing the brush sets. That's one of the things that was really clunky on that app and um just caused a lot of like support issues on clip studio yeah yeah i've always had pain in the, so been a little bit extra effort on that procreate makes it super simple so one of the things we were talking about um when we were speaking earlier before we were live 
um, we were talking about flash and I always hear, I hear a lot of, um, a lot of other tattooers <clears throat> talking about tattoo smart and like, um, like the stamp brush sets and like the tools like that, that are included with it. Like that is the new flash. That's the new flash tool for us to use. Um, how do you feel, how do you feel about that criticism when people say that? Do you like that when it's just called the new, the new modern flash? Yeah, I mean, we we call it that too. So okay. <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. I don't think you know, flash isn't a dirty word to me. It's not. I, a love it. I think that um, you know, there was a time. Oh, I started tattooing in '98, so I came in into a tattoo shop environment that had flash on the walls, and it had line drawings for every piece that was on the walls in a drawer somewhere. And people Dang. still came in and they looked at those designs and they chose from them. And as a young tattooer, I was able to learn so much from being able to work from those designs, which were drawn by tattooers that had more experience than me. And, you know, for the customers to be able to see a picture of what they were going to get, they were comforted by that. But then there was this transition and it probably had already started before I started tattooing where you know, tattooing was going full custom and tattooers who were capable of designing full custom art were, you know, in a way sort of demeaning the idea of getting flash. And that word spread, I think, from the tattooers, but also from the clients who were, you know, telling their friends, hey, if you're going to get a tattoo, make sure you never pick anything off the wall because you don't want to have something on your skin that someone else has on their body. I've, I've actually ran into that and people, people will be like oh you have flash I'm like yeah it's sailor jerry flash like there's tradition to this stuff right there's, there's, there's a reason why it's called traditional right well and, and that's the base of the other art form that I, I like like why wouldn't i include the history along with the new stuff that i'm getting what what why does that matter you know like why does that matter i, I never understood that mm -hmm. i never understood that I think people just judge by what their tastes Mm -hmm. I, I miss what you said, well. I just, I think it was a big marketing campaign, you know, perpetuated by tattooers at that time. You know, there was a lot of, I mean, there was a huge market of um, selling flash that people were creating. You know, there were a lot of tattooers who depended on that for their, you know, passive income stream. And it was, you know, it was a huge, huge market in the 90s and into the 2000s that completely was, uh, you know, essentially it was disrupted by Google image search. And the access that, you know, all of a sudden clients and artists had to reference images. So they no longer, you know, relied on their reference book collections or the flash walls for ideas and inspiration. Mm -hmm. Everything just sort of switched over to being online. And um, I managed to shop when that was starting to become prevalent. And people would literally come in with a printed off page and be like, hey, can you redo this? And it's super granulated and, and, a, and a crappy reference. So we're like, wait, is it the third or fourth one down on Google? Hold on, we'll find it here and we'll print it on our good printer for you. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was ridiculous. Yep. One of the things I feel like there, there, there are some artists that like, you know, I, I started tattooing when technology was just kind of starting to be implemented as a tool in, in, in like a, tattoo artist tool bag um one of the things that i always did whether it was like flash that somebody chose or like something that somebody printed off 
like, I would always take that and be like, okay, this is our idea. This is what we're starting with. How can I make this custom for you? Like, sometimes it would just be changing a few colors, but sometimes it'd be like, oh, I can make this look like that. And it would be cool because it's still like a flash concept, but like just to add a few personal touches, now it's a custom tattoo. Mm -hmm. And that's what people are looking for, you know? And that's, I think, that's always my thought process when I'm using like the stamps and stuff. Cause you guys know, like 90% of my tattoos are freehand. So for instance, I was working on a, like a Japanese inspired piece yesterday and it's a samurai warrior, but like for the, the cherry blossoms that he wanted wrapping around the whole piece, I definitely stole the plum blossoms from the procreate or, or yeah, the procreate, uh, brush set. <laughs> um, and I mean, I just use those as quick little stencils right. just to save myself drawing time. Could I have drawn those by hand? Absolutely. But did it save me an hour and a half of like laying these flowers out and getting all the sizes right and making sure everything flowed? And I could just print off a whole bunch of them, stencil them off and like cookie cutter them on there and make them flow and play with the different sizes. And, you know, could I have done that by hand? Absolutely. Did it save me an hour of time? So that's where like, even as a freehand artist, Procreate and Tattoo Smart is still like an essential tool. Even if I don't use it every day, it can be like this very, very valuable time saver. You know, it can take, it can make a 14 hour day if I'm starting a brand new large project where I should have like three hours of drawing. It can take that day and make it an 11 hour day. So yeah. I don't know. I just, it's, it's incredibly valuable even as a freehand artist. Yeah, I utilize it a lot. Definitely. I do try to keep things as like, I, I love using it as a reference for things and then changing it up and kind of going back over sketching things out. If mm -hmm. I need, if I'm using like some of like the flash or anything like that, or some of the geometric stuff, I'll like use that. And then I'll like base a lot of other geometry incorporate it off of what that was or something. Mm -hmm. Derb was working on a piece. He's got uh, two, well, he's got several really big Japanese pieces that he's working on, but there's one in particular where it's like, hmm, is that the, uh, brush set there he's like you know it <laughs> and yeah. you know that's another good example derb can draw everything freehand but it's a really valuable tool to save him time when for somebody like derb every hour is money to him essentially because he's got so many responsibilities so if he can use this tool save himself that time or like when it comes time to like rendering you know how some clients want to see every detail of the tattoo yeah. before it's tattooed and some mm -hmm. clients you can show them like a stick figure holding a sword <laughs> with like a coffee spill on the side and they're like run it run it right um it's it's an incredibly valuable app like for those clients for me where i can just like quickly do a mock-up and i can start doing like my color study and i can show them what's going where and we can use those different brushes real quick just to like just show them the mock-up and then they're like oh so you're just gonna draw that on me yeah it'll fit better like i can't stencil all of this to fit on your whole arm like let me just draw all these elements on you it'll be you're fine a different shape than every other single human being in the world <laughs> you mean we're not all perfect cylinders with these yeah. round baseball joints with another perfect cylinder mm -hmm. oh oh nice. look russ is making some magic <laughs> but i thought i would just sort of demonstrate this workflow that i think you know tattooers could easily use in consult you know with clients who have no idea what they want you know, using some of the products we have at Tattoo Smart, like the uh, the protoplast library for the um, you know for the model template. These are all output from 3D models in four different body types. 
Awesome. And they're all set up and ready to just drop onto your canvas. And Oh, wow. That's really so, cool. So as a non-tattooer, this is cool to see someone flip through. Because right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. once you get fluid with Tattoo Smart, I use Procreate during my consultations the whole time. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I might, I always have my like scribble pad, like my actual physical sketchbook, but I'm usually like going back and forth between the two to make sure we're communicating the same ideas. And it's it makes so things quicker. so incredibly quicker. Yeah. So cool. I honestly procreate. What I really love about that is the brush sets. I love how organized they have them. And then also oh, with the, with crazy. Russ, with your tattoo smart, <laughs> it just makes your, it just makes those brush sets so organized That's that it's just an easier way to look at. That's genius. Your mind just Sorry, got blown. Sorry, my mind just it? got blown. Yeah. He was like, hold on, fit to body. Here you go. Yeah, this is all in the transform function of Shibuya. That's amazing. You know, it's really, really easy to, you know, give a client an idea of, you know, why they should go bigger. You know, like they might be asking for a, a little phoenix, you know, <laughs> down here. Yeah, that's cool. And okay. that might be too big, but you could say, look, you know, stand back. Look, look at how you're going to look after you get this tattoo done can you even tell what that is from right and, and you can really quickly make your point um and you know start to get them to kind of see things through your 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 eyes you know if you were to try to sketch this phoenix out and make them watch you do it live um you know the, the time it would take for them to go yeah i'm not feeling that would be <laughs> <laughs> much too long now i'm not saying that you have to tattoo this phoenix as it is you could but i think what most of us would do is, is use this as the starting point and, and you know, kind of all the different things to get our idea together before we sit down to do the drawing. So, is that image of the phoenix preloaded into this program to where it's? Yeah. So I got pulling that out and doing it on the body. Some some different options. So there's in this particular set. This is a set we just came out with. that was designed by Elliot Wells. Um, it's called Japanese Volume Five. It's all a little bit more obscure. Um, you know, Phoenix is not obscure, but some of the stuff in here is pretty obscure. There's a lot of like the yokai characters in here. Nice. Um, we, you know, we wanted to include some phoenixes because we didn't have any yet in any of our other sets. And um, so we have some phoenixes and some um, food dogs and some of the more well-known, you know, iconic Japanese images um, that you can cycle through. And, you know, I, clearly I'm seeing already that this particular, you know, phoenix isn't fitting very well, you know, and it lets me Kind of rule that out as a possibility for um for the composition so you know that's that's really what i think is special about working in this way you know you could try out um just the head of a phoenix you can quickly move that to where you want it and then maybe you can start drawing the bird from there if you wanted to um, you can of course you can really quickly flip things and you can distort them all kinds of crazy ways that's amazing <laughs> Starting to look crazy. Um, <laughs> kind of looking like a turkey now. Ben, <laughs> do you want to be a tattooer yet? Um, I, 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 no. I'm trying so hard to talk Ben into tattooing like with us just so he can be a tattooer. But like, he's like, Vaughn, I don't I art. Draw. I don't art. I art. I just don't. I can't. I, a steady hand and straight lines aren't my thing. I've tried. I've tried. My job was drawing at one point. I was like, you guys, I'm not going to suck at this. I'm just going to die. <laughs> yeah. it's a, i mean that's fair but that's, that's amazing a, it's a prerequisite how, how even if you're not going to use that phoenix now you know how to lay out yours mm -hmm. now is this something that you could also create your own image upload and use the same body forms to work with your own art yeah sure you, yep. can, you can draw right on top of what's here in, in a regular layer i'm you know i might use 
a lot of people just use the brushes that come in Procreate. Um, there's some great brushes included, but I've got this um, set of brushes that I like to use a lot called the uh, Spit Shade set. It's got some uh, great tools you can just draw right on top of. That's super cool. This thing. So, you know, you, could, you can kind of do your layout and create whatever you want right there in front of the client or however you want to do it. And eventually you can, you know, print out your line drawing into a stencil straight out of the app. So it just kind of makes everything really easy. That's amazing. I kind of just want to design tattoos. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love the easy. Just, just the, the, the fun of, of laying it all out. And I mean, I can do this one. Yeah, honestly. I mean, that's something I really love about the iPad is that it's exactly the size of a piece of paper. Mine is pretty much. And I can take it anywhere super fast do these things really fast in front of my client i had a i had one of the i had the 17 inch wacom companion and honestly it just just ended up just being too big just to pull out whenever having the ipad to just bust out has just been huge for so me. i have an ipad mini at home i find myself on the wacom but mm -hmm. anywhere no, else. you've got the big ipad i've got the medium one but my backup device is actually an ipad mini that i've had for years and you'd be amazed at how well you can do all of this stuff, even on like a small, what are they, seven, eight inches? Like even on a small device, you can zoom in and out so quickly that you can sit there at a consultation right. and just it's quickly like the best mock little things thumbnailer. up. Like, yeah, this, I'm, I, I just guess I just want to like reiterate how available these tools are. And like you can get an iPad mini, like one with like a decent processor for like 400 bucks, I think. I mean, can do they, maybe can six? You use the, the pen, you can use the pen and stuff. I thought yes. that's only the pros. No, the iPad minis definitely work with pens okay, now. I'm getting okay. this just to do what he's doing right now. <laughs> this is amazing to watch. I'm sorry. I'm blown away. I'm just grabbing a leaf here to add a new leaf where I feel like one is needed. A few years ago, Russ had, um, a, was it a two or three day program? The launch pad? Yeah, it was, um, it was two days. Well, yeah. Yeah. I feel like um, I, I, I knew a lot of these tools and I knew a lot of these things from just working through Photoshop and just kind of like fumbling my way through and learning Procreate throughout the years. But one of the most valuable things of taking um, that, that program that you had was um, the workflow. It just sped up my workflow so much. Like I was using the same tools, but I was using them so much more efficiently after I could see your workflow. Yeah, I mean, it, it's... It's crucial to kind of have your workflow dialed in. Um, I think there's a lot of easy ways to save a lot of time once you understand what to do. Mm -hmm. yeah, and watching somebody as fluid as you are on the program is is cool to see as well. Just how, how simple you make it look. How do you feel about those tattooers that have stopped drawing and just like only use the flash? That was my next question. I actually don't know any tattooers that have stopped drawing and only use the flash. Honestly. I don't either. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, you know, like maybe they're out there. Um, we don't really get a ton of, um, you know, kind of feedback or tags from people. We know that people are, are using this stuff, but they don't exactly proudly show it off on their Instagram. Yeah, know? right. And I get that, you know, this, uh, this is one of those things that kind of, you know, in a way kind of, could run the risk of ruining, you know, the magic for, for clients and, you know, tattooers want to 
you know, I think, I think, it's, I think it's one of those things that'll be easily like recognized though. And you'll see the people who just stole that and are not like stole it, but the people who just replicated that. And then the people who actually use that as, as a reference and right, then like, you right. know, really turned it into their own thing from there, as is, opposed to just that for that and piecing everything together. To oh yeah. <laughs> you can yeah. put that stencil and set that up for me all day and let me tattoo it on you. See how it looks. It's the, it's the, the, the skill to me. Yes. There's the skill is the art and the drawing, but you still have to reproduce that. You still have to draw that line for line. You still have to, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's true. I, the, the skill isn't lost in my mind by using a, a tool. Yeah. There's no shortcut for actually yeah. right. doing you a quality tattoo. tattoo. I'm there's definitely, I'm definitely, a, pro, I'm definitely a proponent of originality. For sure. I'm a big proponent of originality, but that's like still like even with that in my mind, like I still I utilize a lot of the tools on on, uh, so one of the, the things tattoo, we, on, on the tattoo spot. While we're on this with topic, brush sets and stuff because it allows me to like get something down really fast and be like, okay, cool. I'm gonna bring that down, bring this tail out here, bring this hand wow. here, references for hands, like bodies, all of this. I've gotten so much from so many different artists nice. that have one of the one yeah. of the things while we're on the topic, Jordan. Um so there's also like we look at some of like the fine line black and gray tattoos where mm -hmm. it's like let's just say a, a peony for example with like a couple of leaves and it's all just like stipple shaded throughout lines and stipple shaded there's a type of collector that that's exactly what they want right. and to achieve that all like all you can do to make a certain type of collector happy is do exactly the stamp that they're looking for right. mm -hmm. um so there are there are tattooers that like it's their jam to just use these brushes exactly the way that they are and there's collectors that that's exactly what they want you know yeah. what i mean oh absolutely we don't have any artists absolutely in our specific circle that work like that but there are a lot of artists who like all they do is like the fine line beautiful clean crisp and for those artists and those collectors these brush sets are the money like you've right. got peonies with perfect um, like, like floral said, like... anatomy you've got chrysanthemums with perfect floral anatomy you've got the appropriate greenery and foliage to go with these flowers so like that's already better than you're going to rip off of google Right. And like Ben said, you're still going to have to tattoo it. So you still like, I mean, it's going to show, you know, if you're not a good tattooer. So for, for a lot of people, it's really making their lives a lot easier and allowing them to make a real career out of their, out of their lives instead of having, you know, I don't know if you can take a few hours out of your homework every night. Like that's one of the hardest things about being a tattooer is, yeah. is homework. I mean, like every, every tattoo I do, shit, that could be almost eight hours of drawing. If not more, maybe I got to redraw it or something like that. You never really know. And so like, if I can find a few tools, I mean, that's like the whole, digital process what's been so awesome about that is finding so many tools that it can just allow my workflow to be so much faster so much faster and it's like i'll still spend the same amount of time a lot of times as i would when i was doing more so by hand or more so by you know whatever just doing extra then like now i'll spend that same amount of time but i'll have more tools at my disposal to like come up with something even cooler mm -hmm. be able to play with more ideas even quicker yeah, that's exactly right. You know, you're not going to put any less into the tattoo design because you're using tools to give you these efficiencies, right? You're still going to do as much work as you can because you give a crap about the work that you put out. Right. You know, the the argument that this is just making all tattooers lazy, it's it's like, yeah, maybe if they're already going to be lazy, then that's what they're going to be, but you know, a lot of tattooers will take the efficiency where they can get it and then put more time into, you know, what really counts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, yep. even, Absolutely. I guess my perception is a little bit skewed too, because my, my only 
professional outlook into tattooing was running a front desk at a street shop. So when people came in, then I guess, they predominantly came in with an image and expected the tattooer to reproduce that anyway. So how is that any different than using a tool to map it onto a body to create the correct form, correct size? Like, I love Flash. So this I'll is see Flash you one up plus. and I'll take this yeah, image like, and show you right. how they made it. I see, I see a lot of these artists in, this, this in these street shops. A lot of the artists in these street shops or even artists, you know, who are still like more beginning in their careers, which I definitely, I mean, definitely artists who are in the beginning of their careers. Definitely draw, 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 For sure. you know, but at the same time, it's also helping there be better tattoos on the street you know we give you know these newer tattoo artists and people you know street shops and stuff they want to have like all these references at their disposal for even easier even quicker and then be able to actually form those tattoos to their body even better because they could take a picture with the ipad and do these things super quick i mean (laughs) that means that means these shops are even pumping out even better work exactly heaven so please that's all we want we don't want tattooers we don't want tattooers to be you know doing any worse off like we want everyone to be doing better and i think that's all this is doing oh, is are making, we playing with some ornamental it's, forms it's also forcing a lot of people to step up their game right and that's i love that i think that's awesome like cool like you know you have to work harder to you know kind of be at the base level of where tattooing is right like that's great russ is about to blow our mind right. again wait wait give me a second pressure's on everyone's watching yeah, and, you know, there's, there's a lot of different types of brushes, right? You know, we were just looking at you know, um, what we just call flash stamps. So this is a brush set full of ready-to-go tattoo ideas. And then there's some brushes that are, um, you know, more like natural media brushes, you know, paint brushes, charcoal, pencils. Mm-hmm. And then also in the natural media brush category are brushes that you know you are designing with and you are drawing with but that kind of break the break the mold so one that i would always love to show people is this cyberfluidic set by brad wooten oh mm. yeah i've been love playing i've been playing with that one i love the isometrics on that but um you know i've got volume two on here that i used for forest tattoo um isn't isn't released yet but i might be able to show you a little bit of what's in there i want to show you what's in volume one first because i mean there's some crazy crazy stuff but oh, <laughs> brian's head just exploded all right so so this Instant is brain coral <laughs> the fingerprint the way the set works is the harder that you know you press the thicker everything gets so a light touch is going to give you that pattern very thin but if you press harder it grows yeah that's so cool that's so cool. That looked like it took some work to get that one uh, together. Yeah, well, you know, what Brad has to do is create a tiling pattern. So, you know, it's some a pattern that fits into a square that, um, you know, tiles on all four edges. So it probably, let's see, it would look like this. Okay. He actually creates is this kind of blurry version of that pattern, but it's tiling. So on all four corners, it meets up with itself and repeats the pattern. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, that's tedious. <laughs> it's done in uh, usually yeah, for as many as he has. It's not done in Procreate, but um, it's you know, done with the assistance of some great tools in Illustrator. Right, and you can upload it into that for the brush sets. 
Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's kind of a process, but some of the cool stuff that happens in here, you can use a, a brush to reverse each pattern. So he's got regret. This one's called regret. And this was regret with the little like symbol around it. It looks like turning left. So mm -hmm. it's reverse of regret. And you can see it will fill in kind of the in-between space. Oh, wow. What we'll Mind do. blown. You want more detail? Boom. Yeah, you want more detail. Then you can blow it up even larger and add another layer. I'm sorry. I'm geeking out on yeah, this. I've never seen anything like this. I'm going to show you some more. Um, These are closely kept secrets in the tattoo community. <laughs> As a collector, this is definitely a behind the curtain kind of moment. I'm trying to uh, grad so much faster with this stuff than I am. All right, let's see. Do we have. It would have taken me 13 years. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you just did. <laughs> I'm trying to basically switch it to the eraser. And there's some shorthand code that I forgot, but okay. So hmm. regret as the eraser. You can actually, um, is it working? Yeah. Yep. That's cool. You could like draw behind that pad. I'm sure you could like draw a portrait there and like using that you could draw mm -hmm. something i can already see how you could really get into the shading on that yeah, there's 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 all kinds of um you know, potential features with this and, and you know i think if you're really going to understand it you got to go to tattoo smart's youtube channel and watch all the cyber fluidics videos that brad made because it's complex but um i got through the first four i got to get through the rest of them they're yeah, awesome blew my mind You'll get to the part where he teaches you how to put a black and white photo, let's say a person's face in there and apply these patterns on um, the proper gradient level to where, you know, the, the values of the, the underlying portrait come through. That's so cool. Yeah, Just, I need to, I got to get through those ASAP. Or one of the brush types that I used to create, Forrest, your guest from last week, who recently got tattooed by me. Isn't he a cool guy, man? This is, I mean, this is kind of what he was talking about during his, his episode where I have these brushes now that create these Persian patterns and depending on pressure, they get thicker or thinner. And um, here's his, uh, here's his tattoo design here. Yeah. That's Do you so have cool. the video of this, Russ? Um, let me see if it'll play a video here. And I think mostly what you'll see is me just, um, you know, kind of messing around with ideas. I created a mask and I just started going through different brushes that are in the brush set and, and just trying to find it. At this point, I'm taking a moment to um, just kind of shade in the ornament and get that looking a little bit better. I mean, I would, this was a photo of lines that I already tattooed on. So I was quickly coloring it in um, just to give it kind of the right context. These videos are one of my favorite features of Procreate. I didn't know it did that until I got Procreate. That got me so excited. It's wild. You can see the, the process of discovering it now. Mm -hmm. um, and there it is. It, I mean, like the the actual discovery, once I learned what pattern I was going to use, I just had, you know, kind of have all these tricks, you know, that help me color things in really quickly and help me visualize what I'm going to do. So, you know, the, the whole thing just happened really quickly at the end there. But, um, you know, when you, when you look at the layers that are here, there's a whole lot of stuff in there. Um, we'd have to uh, dig a little deeper in, into how appropriate works to kind of explain it all. But I can take away some of the um, some of the stuff that's going on there, and you can kind of see a little bit of the work that was done. But I mean, really, the work that was done was um, was done in a totally different way because of the tools that I have. 
and because of the processes that I have, like I, I can't imagine just sitting down and drawing this tattoo. I, I don't know how I could. Um, You're no kidding. Yeah. I, that's amazing. I messed it up now. What a cool way to create like a series of work as well. Mm -hmm. So if you want everything to have like the same base aesthetic and you want to change like a details and you want to keep a, 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 a great collection of large feet, but that's, that's super exciting to me. That's, that's really cool. Awesome. You got any big body suits or anything that you're working on right now? Not really. Um, you know, I'm tattooing just one day a week these days. That's what I heard. Um, tattooing is, uh, it's taken a little bit of a backseat for me in, in exchange for Tattoo Smart and running Ink and Dagger. And Ink and Dagger went through so many changes over the last year, you know, during the, uh, the pandemic shutdown. And, you know, it's, it's, it's growing and it's evolving and it's changing and it's improving. And um, I'm just finding myself here, like, you know, close to the 25 year mark in tattooing and um, just going through a transition, you know, where I'm, you know, less, less a tattooer and more of an entrepreneur and a business owner and, um, you know, just, just enjoying it, you know, like awesome. tattooing, tattooing has started to really hurt me. You know, I <laughs> sitting and tattooing is, um, is kind of painful. My back hurts, you know, and especially during the time where I was wearing a mask. Um, fortunately, I think we're, we're past that we're close to past it, but you know, it was, it was really just, you know, kind of wearing on me. To, to be tattooing so i have to you know kind of pick and choose the projects wisely and you know, a lot of the projects i am doing are in progress from even before the pandemic so mm -hmm. not a lot of new stuff happening forest was one of those um you know they just kind of popped up and grabbed my attention you know because he said all the right things he was like <laughs> right i'm a collector you know here's the work that i already have he showed me that amazing front piece which i was already familiar with from josh Payne and brian geckel yeah. He showed me his um his work from Ty McEwen and talked about his plans for for more work from like Mike Cole and uh, I'm not sure if you guys can remember his whole upcoming list but um you know that is always exciting to hear you know when someone comes along and they're like hey I, I have awesome tattoos and I want to get tattooed by you I mean how can you really say no to that as long as you, can, you know as long as they also you know they typically do understand what kind of tattoo to ask you for. Right. And that developed as a client. That's so. an educated collector. <laughs> that's what we're here for? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's super rad. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he told me what he wanted to get and, um, you know, which tattoos I'd done that he was inspired by. And, um, you know, we had a Zoom chat a few months back and, um, you know, I basically explained to him that I think the, the first challenge was going to be um, the pull is photo back up while I talk about it but the first challenge was going to be how to tie in well he had one major request which was to not take up too much of his back so you know we had to avoid going too far around onto this part right and the other request was of course to tie into what he already had let me see if I can take some of this away I'm gonna have a hard time getting back knowing which layer to turn back on to bring this <laughs> this one there it is okay so i don't have a photo up of forest before this first session but this is what we did for the first session we markered 
I drew all this stuff on, you know, on top of a photo of him and I, I kept it up in the room while I markered everything on. Um, when it comes to the scroll work, I'm really comfortable working off of marker drawing, but that's about the only time I will. So we marked on all this on and we outlined it. And then this photo was taken after that first session. So all these outlines are fresh in this session, but yeah. here I was just thinking about, okay, there's a skeleton arm coming out of here. Something has to block it. You know, it has to kind of come from somewhere. And I took the opportunity to have some of my scroll work kind of fade into the color in the, in nice. the glow that's coming out there. And then there was this um, pattern that covers this whole chest, this flower of life pattern. And um, it had sort of a scalloped edge. So I just made all of my lines, like all the exact same lines as that so that it was just an easy tie-in. And then um, you had a sleeve up here. Um, I, I decided to just kind of fill this area with the same grayish purple colors, um, not, not to try to put the scroll work all the way up there, but this part was really where he had a lot of stretch marks. Um, you can see them kind of prominently right there. Um, so I wanted to kind of preserve the widest open panel that I could and use the scroll work over the parts that were kind of already covered in stretch marks and would, would not be the most flat areas for a pattern anyway. And at this point in time, I just wanted him to trust me that I didn't know what pattern it would be exactly, but I knew that I could create a space that would allow for a pattern. And um, so that, that's how we approached it. Nice. It's still amazing. Um, I'm at the point in my collection where we're tying a lot of other people's stuff together. So to, to see this on a large scale is, is really cool. Here's another area where, you know, he, he had his, um, his front piece just sort of ends right here. And then um, he has another really amazing tattoo um, down in here. So, I mean, with this one, this one didn't have a background. Maybe it will someday. So I just kind of needed to stay clear of touching it so that I didn't, you know, ruin its its opportunity to stand alone but also I, I felt like you know if i don't fill this space here who else is going to fill that you know right like, if you ever going to get if, if not me then who and i think that's um that's a big part of our responsibility when we're you know working on large-scale projects to really you know not leave people with something that is difficult to fill by someone else mm -hmm. that we could have filled um and that's something as a collector you wouldn't even think of. They it, it, that that you're right. I think that's a huge tattooer's responsibility because we don't we don't know. We're not artists. You know, like, it's just magic. I didn't even know you left me hanging. <laughs> yeah, I see it all the time. I mean, you know, a lot of times because I do this scroll work, collectors are coming to me to fill the weird gap that a bunch of people left between a bunch of tattoos. And um, how fun for you? <laughs> I, you know, it's it's okay. Um, I, I do it less and less these days, but it seemed like it was kind of what I was doing at conventions for a while, um, you know, and, and I was happy to do it because I like the challenge of, of figuring out how to integrate these tattoos that are all different in different styles. Um, but I also wish that at some point some tattooer had stopped them and said, hey, you know, like, think this, <laughs> let's, let's hear it. Like, and I, I do that every single time I talk to someone about their tattoos now, no matter if they have no tattoos or if they're you know, coming in for their 20th tattoo. I want to know what the plan is from here until where you're going in whatever way you can explain it, you know? So I'll say things like, hey, I know you're just here to talk about a half sleeve, but, you know, have you already imagined for yourself a full sleeve? 
Have you already decided that you're going to get both of your arms done? And so often people will say, yeah, I know I'm getting a full sleeve and I'm, I'm probably going to get my other leg done. And just right there, you just by asking that question, you create the opportunity to say, hey, dum-dum, like don't get a half sleeve when you know you're getting a full sleeve. Let's right. figure out what your full sleeve is. Even if you're only getting a half sleeve now, you know, you can, um, you can at least plan the composition entirely for the whole arm and you don't end up in, in a bad place like so many people do. So mm -hmm. I think that's essential. Um, Super you know, solid. I had started doing that early in my tattoo career. I would have completed 10 bodysuits by now. I just didn't figure it out. <laughs> I didn't figure it out. And what clients are really looking for is, I think, and when it comes to collecting large scale, they're looking for a tattooer who's going to, you know, be considerate of their collection and take the time and put in the energy to create a plan for them. And once you confidently give them a plan, a lot of times they'll just kind of keep working on it with you. Mm -hmm. right? They won't jump to another artist if you're still there with the answers and they're like, you know, I know Russ has, has a plan. So, you know, we're one of the things I've things. really been running into a lot the last, like maybe two or three years, like now that I've really started myself, like working on like a bodysuit, like I'm eventually going to have like head to toe bodysuit. So now that I'm that far along in my collection, the conversation comes up so much more quickly with the people that I'm talking to about collecting from me. So I feel like many of my clients where we'll like start a sleeve and then through casual conversation, we start talking about like future tattoo ideas. Then that sleeve turns into a back piece and another sleeve. So like, <laughs> I mean, it's great. I love it. But there's all like, as, as we talk and as their ideas grow, our projects just keep growing and growing. Um, but that wouldn't happen if I, I didn't like ask those questions. You know what I mean? Like when you ask those questions, it's like, oh, well, you're going to get all this work. We should make sure it's balanced and cohesive right. now. Like even if somebody else does other work on you, let's let's as a team work towards <laughs> the same goal. You know what I mean? That was the original plan too. I mean, I, I worked with the same tattooer for 10 years. He gave me my first tattoo and three out of four limbs down. He looks at me and he goes, hey, I'm going to go do something else. And it was kind of like, uh, but grand scheme, we had a we had a thing going. We had a plan. I paid you on payday every week. Like, I don't understand. Maybe we had a little, little per diem going. Like, <laughs> like it was, it was, it was. Uh, I don't want to say disheartening, but it was one of those like, all right, well, I guess I'll figure it out. <laughs> right. I think you're a really rare collector, though. We don't really encounter that many people that are you know, just showing up week after week or month after month and, and continuing on their collection, you know, it's, it actually takes a lot, I think, from the tattooer to sort of manufacture that, that future for themselves in their career. And most, mm -hmm. sometimes it just seems like someone, you know, that hasn't really done the work for it gets to do a bodysuit, you know, <laughs> there are these customers, why are you you're not coming to me? Yeah, he, he definitely had earned the right to stop tattooing. He was late in his career. I don't want to make him feel bad for it if he happens to hear this one day. But like at the same point, it was like I was young and he was, I don't want to say he's not old, but he put in his dues. He, he right. was allowed to go do something else. He raised the shop and ran it and passed it on. So like I get it. Um, but it was just one of those like, I guess I'll talk to the guys here. Uh, <laughs> Good times. Mm -hmm. Good times. What did you end up doing? Did you, did you... I ended up getting tattooed by all the same guys in that oh. shop. 
Um, so essentially I just started getting different stuff by them. Um, and then they all moved on and moved out. And honestly, until about what, two years ago, I still had never been tattooed by somebody that didn't work at that shop. Um, and were you the first or was Derb the first? I think Derb was the first. Yeah. So until like Derb and Fawn started tattooing me, it would still had only been people from that shop. That's pretty crazy. That says a lot. Like even Toby, he originally. Homeboys only. Like it was the people (laughs) I knew. I stayed in my circle. Like we'd been through some shit. (laughs) He's like, I don't need to stay in my lane. I'm not even going to get out the car. They had all already seen me cry. I didn't want to have to go back over that. I don't, you know, like I was already in. Oh man. Let's talk about, let's talk about (laughs) vulnerability with tattoo artists. I had to overcome some hurdles with Russ. Oh, just you ever be naked in front of a tattooer, Ben? No, Fawn. Never, <laughs> never see my beehole. <laughs> I mean, I haven't, I haven't been that up. <laughs> but I mean, there's, there's, yeah, absolutely. It's just um, another one of those crazy sacrifices you have to make. Like you don't realize, like, oh man, there's I have to level. swallow all of my modesty in order to not make Russ's day miserable. Mm-hmm. But that's also easier to talk to my clients about now where it's like, oh, no, I've been totally nude in front of a whole studio. Think of it more like medical. Right, <laughs> you're, right. It's not vulnerable. Well, it's it's not if you weird. you want that area tattooed. You got to take you your clothes off. Yep. The um, garment that Horace is wearing here. This is our disposable <laughs> men's uh, garment. I thought it was a crown royal bag with an elastic string. <laughs> I was kind of inspired. <laughs> Basically, it's an eye patch with some yarn on it. <laughs> nice. nice. So we have we have a male and female version of this, and um, that's that's what most of my clients that are getting leg sleeves and back pieces are wearing these days. And it's, it's I, I'm going to order one as soon as we're done because there's always this weird balance of. Uh, not wanting to expose and not giving a shit because if I don't care, that doesn't mean the guy walking down the hall, kick, you know, mm-hmm. like that's, that's, I'm now invading their line of sight. That's on me. Um, so I, I'm comfortable with most people I know, but random stranger doesn't need to be invited into that world. And uh, I, I entered my first tattoo competition a few weeks ago and had like, I forgot to show tattoos that were underneath the, uh, the boxer briefs that I was wearing. But like my, the more recent tattoos. Yeah, like my newest shit. I didn't even show off because <laughs> I was like, I gotta put out my pants. And I was such a cluster, I didn't even think to do it. So it was one of those, yeah, go prepared next time. Oh man, all the modesty gone. Yeah. Um, Showing your booty cheeks on a big stage was, was, was awkward for me. Russ worked on I can't me. Wait to, I can't wait to show off, sorry. Russ, Guy, guys back piece. Russ worked on me at Tattoo the Lou and we were working on like my lower back and cheekies. So I was in like itty bitty tiny little V string all day yeah. in public. Hope. That was <laughs> but yeah, I'd already been topless. So awesome. I'd already been topless for my chest piece at Hell City. So it's like <laughs> I mean, if you travel conventions, you have you have seen, seen all it. of Fawn, them. Fawn, have you, have you, I missed out who, on most uh, of what you guys were saying while I was being up there, but uh, did you, I don't know if you mentioned, did you uh, win any awards from your back? Oh, we hadn't gotten to the awards yet. We were just talking about modesty, like okay. the, the nudity in tattooing. Gotcha. And like, you just got to swallow it and do it. It's so weird. Do it's you, a weird sacrifice you got to make. Yeah, I try to, it. I mean, I try to always offer like pasties to people and things like that. Well, Even I mean, most pasties people are pretty is cool. pretty vulnerable. 
Yeah, pasties fair. is pretty vulnerable <laughs> for yeah. a lot of people. No, for I, I get that. Lady at Hell City who was um, very proudly displaying her mandala tattoo. That, oh yeah. Uh, I, I did know. not see the one With you speak of directly over her the beehole. And it was an amazing tattoo. Mm-mm. I, I was I will, like, it was very, very, very well done. And How? As, as a How? cameraman, whose <laughs> my job was to get up in that and snap some photos, it took a minute to be like, oh, wait, I am staring into the eyes. Okay, let's back out of that. Uh, I don't know. And then it I got, I got awkward because I realized what was happening. Do you know what I mean? And I was like, okay. I don't physically know how somebody can sit through that. Like when Russ was tattooing me, like my tattoo comes like right up to my butt crack. It like looks like it goes in, but doesn't really. If it wasn't for Zensa and Canada paste, I couldn't have gotten through my butt cheeks at all. Once that would wear off and Russ would like come back into areas, the closer it is to the crack and the lower it is, the more it hurts. I don't know. I could not have to get any closer than we got there's like it was everything in me to stay even kind of still and there were times where russ was like full arm holding (laughs) me down down. or like you know doing the forearm (laughs) stretch like on my kidneys to like you know like when i tattooed my right butt cheek um we're actually at my department he was traveling at the time and he was like hey man i'm in town let's get this done it was like easter weekend I'm um, like, cool, you know, wasn't prepared, didn't really think about it, just went and met him, and uh, I was not mentally prepared for the experience that I was about to have, and it was the worst <laughs> pain ever. I mean, again, it was somebody using a 14 liner or whatever, he's got big ass thick lines back there, but I, I will never, ever forget that day. It hurts so bad. Ever. I don't take butt tattoos lightly. <gasps> I wouldn't, it, I wouldn't. It was murder. They, cu- they come with I a pep get talk. All the way to the hole. Uh, but she can stern them, man. I'll tell anybody. But she can stern them. Huh? Everybody's like, oh, how'd your ribs feel? I was like, cake work. Yeah, my ribs. <laughs> you ever have your soul tattooed? Right. Both ends. My hips were worse than my butt. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know if it's just derp having like super soft hand. Like, just in general, like my ribs, he didn't put me through a lot. Uh, told my butt it felt like this deep dragging mm-hmm. I'm talking the cheeks it was like a deep itch that I don't like it felt good but it didn't felt terrible but above the butt crack yeah it totally hurt but my hips my hips are worse yeah like right I don't know the nerves just everything mm-hmm. meeting right there or what but yeah. it was like when that was where I was like that's why? where that's why? where we're working right now oh, is up in them sweet meats oh dude the hips yep. hips were Hips and foot have been the worst for me so far. I see feet and hands didn't bug me. Um, I have no hands are not even in the question right now, but I love my foot tattoo. But like I, I question doing my right foot now. Like, do I really need to do it? To be fair, though, your your foot is pretty. Oh, it's dope. Fantastic. Yes. I, I fucking love it. One of the coolest foot tattoos. Do you want to want me to grab you the camera and you can show it off? Yeah, absolutely. Show your feet. Uh, I mean, Russ, Russ is me, doing some cool stuff up there. Let me too. bounce this on Jordan. Grab the fun camera. No, I love my foot tattoo. Ty is just focusing on a uh, genuine good dude, too, which always helps. Oh, dude, that is so sweet. Now you can use your little distorting tool and pull the arms up. That's so cool. Yeah, let's see how close I can get quickly. You're going to get Brian's foot. And is that a then, stock image of a model or is that someone you have uploaded to put this tattoo onto or does it work both ways? 
one, yeah, it would work either way. You could take a picture of a real person or you could use one of these protoplast models that are all generated from a 3D model. That is super cool. From here, I would not like the liquefy. Right here in this menu, and you can really push things around. It's amazing to watch. You know what I mean? Like you can kind of just. His brains, little time McEwen foot, just a little thing. That's Brian. Wow. The top of the foot wasn't terrible. It's like all the size. Toes wasn't bad. It's like under the ankle bone. Yeah, that 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 was that was nice. The Achilles was fired. Ah, it was underneath. It was all all that's what hurt. I mean, it's. I mean, it was taller. No, it hurt. It was taller. It was taller. Now, it hurt. Sucked. Um, yeah, this area for me was just. It's cool. I don't need that in my life. No, yeah, it made, that's me dope. Question, made me question getting the second foot done. The right foot. See, mine's not even as far down. Mine's really just on top. And we've all, everybody's like, you go fill that in. And I'm like, meh. I think I've got enough tattoos. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to my feet, <laughs> but they will be done. They will be done. Yeah, there's going to get to a point where it's like, might as well. Oh, yeah. The last thing was the right foot for me. <laughs> <laughs> I think armpits are going to be my last thing. I got up in there a little bit, but not like some of these cats have where it's like armpit. Yeah. Every time Fawn looks at my pits, she's like, hey, what what we what we, what we throwing in the pitties? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you just got this perfect open space with nothing in it on the one side. The other side, it's a much smaller space. It's not shouting as loudly that I want ink. Um, I told you we could do a UFO. You know I'm down to you do a UFO. Do a UFO in the pity and they can, they can shine into here and pull a little guy down here off my chest because i got a weird blinky spot here. Russ, was this a stamp? Yeah, this is from the uh, Grime and Luke Stewart Waves brush set. Okay. Those guys made a, a set that is um, does have some completely rendered out you know, ideas of waves. Was that a whole rendered out thing that he already had, or did was the were these different elements you pieced together? No, no, he's, this is just straight. You know, okay. What what they presented, but if you look at you know the library, it has all the the full body. You know, basically they wanted to show how the waves fit together in a lot of different scenarios. So we ended up doing not only the line drawings but also these shaded inversions, like the one you see here. And then as you get into the set, you've got the um, the templates that you can use for. You know, laying out your own. Um, so you might just throw down one of those and start constructing. Mm -hmm. From there, you can get into, you know, individual wave elements that you're going to uh, yeah. place and arrange. Um, just as a kind of quick way to try things out, you know. So you've yeah. got a lot of options with this. Um, you know, certainly um, still leaves a lot of room for you to draw and explore and as much as you want to. But yeah, it has the uh, a few of these so ideas, you know, that you can um, you can drop in, you know, and really quickly show a client, hey, you know what? Like sometimes all you need is water. <laughs> what do you? What's mean? your tattoo? What, water, right? What do you mean? I can't imagine that. Right. Say no more. Yeah. <laughs>
yeah, and you could do this on a picture of them, you know, and that always right. has the quickest impact. I Take a quick picture of their back real fast, upload it, upload it in there, start playing with some waves. Right. Well, and like you were saying, you can still layer on top of this if you wanted to add a element on top of that. You're not right. limited to. You want a tiger in there? Water. You want a phoenix in there? Hold on. There's one. Say no more. Tiger in the water. All right. So tiger in the water. Tiger in the water. That sounds like a, a really awesome metal band. Man. Uh, tiger you could find the meaning. Get that tiger shark. What does that mean to you? That? All right, so probably... <laughs> <laughs> it's a country song. Like a tiger in water. <laughs> I bet you it's come. It's got to be from out of Texas. If we're talking. Coming up soon. Just let me find the set it's in. Oh, that's we don't have a uh, we don't have a tiger set. This exclusively tiger set, but I believe. Do you have a sucky panther set? I do have a panther. Yeah. Does it have to be a sucky panther? Song? Huh? Have you seen the Have you seen the sucky panthers, Ben? No. Oh, there's a it's a whole oh, it's thing. A thing. Yeah, it's, a thing. Like it's a thing. Okay. It's like I, a specific a image too. I was like, can we have a cool panther? <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. But wait, there's more. Okay, I kind of want a tiger fucking water tattoo. Do you have room? No. See. <laughs> <laughs> we know what uh, Ben's throat's gonna be. Oh, no. Tiger water. <laughs> <laughs> tiger blasting out of the water. Yeah, I kind of wavies and stripes. Oh, good on that we can side. Make that shit up. You like it better facing right or left? Now, what if we flipped I think it up? For, I think with the design of everything else, it seems to be there's a lot of movement going the way he's facing that, right now. Yeah. I like I kind of like, like this that. over the other one. Do we, do have I got the tiger as big as I can get it, or can I? I mean, the tail could end at his belly button. Perfect. Have... <laughs> <laughs> I think I've seen that movie, huh? <laughs> <laughs> a camera blocking his butt. I like the water crashing down on his back, uh, feet on his haunches, or the guy's haunches. That's rad. Like that, that fits the form of that so well. And to see how quickly you manipulate right. a foot on each booty to be like perfectly fitting with the design behind it. You've got your backlight from the whatever energy yeah. source. You kind of have this S shape like, going on too. It's, it's, from like the waves at the top all the way down. About to get some lasers. Waves on the left moving right. <laughs> waves on the right moving left. I like the movement. Okay, I want this tattoo. Yeah, this is becoming incredibly dramatic. So yeah, all right. if the tail were to run off the side, it would probably end up somewhere somewhere down there. I mean, that was it. It's crazy um, that you can just manipulate it that you quick. Stand on rock, right? Like, yeah. you just play out some rock. I don't know. Give us Maybe there's a flower in there as well. What if he were clinging to the rock of ages? <laughs> <laughs> he could do Help it. Me, Jesus. Go grab a cross from somewhere else. Save. But... <laughs> He's like, nah, let's just not ruin this. Yeah. I don't know if I have any rocks, but rocks are kind of quick to draw. So if I find any in here. All right. I'm sure you could use one of the handy tools in there to create a rock quickly. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> right, right on top of that. I just have too, I have too many brush sets, actually. That's the, the problem that I have now, is that there's just too many. Um, that's one is there the, a search function? There's not, but I think there's uh, going to be soon. There's about to be an update. <laughs> 
think there's going to be a way soon for that. Bonus. I don't. I don't have that many brush sets from uh, Tattoo Smart. I have a handful, but even the ones I have, it's really a lot to go through to get just the one I'm looking for. I'm trying to block out the crackling of the this. <laughs> the, the one <laughs> noise covers the other noise. Yeah, there was a plan. It's professionalism. Like, oh. It's noise canceling. That's what I did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is nuts. So okay, I'm I'm seeing all the water is lava now. Oh, is the water lava? Yeah, I think it's lava with a blue tiger. How much of you <laughs> Same as you, man. <laughs> but yeah, with those like pieces of earth, they could look they could be like they're floating in this lava and this could all be like lava that's splashing around, create this crazy yellow, orange, red. That's weird. I kind of have like the rocks like on my butt back there now. It's like pretty similar to what he just drew. <laughs> At some point, I accidentally stamped an extra tiger in there. It's over here. You guys just hanging out, Phantom Tiger. The workflow's messed up. Ghost Tiger. It's okay. We got you distracted, Russ. We're yeah, sorry. You guys get the idea. <laughs> it's, um, it's still it's way a way prototyping tool. So we all have back pieces. So none of us can accommodate this tattoo idea. Anybody watching? You want this rad blue tiger and lava or teal. It could be like a turquoise teal tiger with yellow, uh, neon green. I just want a 3% commission for using my brain to create this image. For, using, <laughs> for witnessing, I was a witness. Oh. Yeah, that's so cool. What's What are some of your favorite brushes to like shade and like color in with? I think I've got to talk about the spit jade set to answer that question. So oh, um, some of those. Okay. So the spit jade set has a whole lot of um, tea stained and coffee stained watercolor papers. Okay. And grab a paper and just duplicate it. So you don't mess it up and then um, rag it out. Drop it in here and open it up. Oh. And so these files are all set up with layers that represent different aspects that make the paper work. So you've got the paper is the background here. Um, let me take this away. So the paper base is essentially a photo of the actual paper, the real tea stained, coffee stained watercolor paper. Okay. And then cool. the top, these layers are going to sit above, like ab above your artwork, and they add the sheen and the shadow on top and make the artwork really look like it's on paper. Um, it's kind of hard without actually doing some artwork to show how that works. But if you want to make some quick ideas of artwork, then. So, like, basically, it's imitating the tooth of the paper, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so, we're going to use, let's just say, I'm gonna I'm gonna pop a line drawing in here just to just to kind of make it quick to get to the idea. Pop top. a little line drawing in there like magic. Um, let's just do this paper here. All right, so this one was drawn by uh, Craig Brock, who actually works at Ethan Dagger. Nice. He's got stars and dots. Um, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put it here where it says lines here. And then black goes here, so we'll switch to spit shade set. I'm going to use a brush called 
Use this to paint. <laughs> it's, it says use this to paint. Yeah. And nice. I'm just going to imagine this is like a small round brush that you would use for uh, kind of just laying the paint down. You're doing a watercolor style tattoo or um, flash painting, then you use a one brush to lay the color down and use the second brush to um, blend the paint. And that second brush is wet, either with water or sometimes with spit. So what we do is we switch to a brush using the smudge tool here. Uh, and we have these at the bottom that say set to smudge and choose one of those. And you use this brush to kind of blend out the color create that spit shape look. Oh. oh yeah, look at that. It's just a really quick uh, idea of how it works, but mm -hmm. you know, getting close enough, I can show you, you know, turning those layers on and off. You see how it just goes solid black there? Mm -hmm. But really when paint's on a, on a piece of paper, you're catching the light from the room. There's like always a little bit of a shine that's hitting the top of the black. So that's what this layer here does. And then the shadows layer is going to kind of pick up on what would be the, the tooth of the uh, paper and kind of add that in. But just a, another separate adjustment. Um, I'll show you what it looks like when you have some color in there. The detail of that is just insane. Like, I can't imagine. Yeah, super, super well thought out. This. Yeah. Like, it's just really cool how how this whole toolbox has evolved over the years. Um, I think I'm still using like the perfect liner for everything, <laughs> but to see how many other amazing tools you've got. Let's see if I can find them. Um... Okay, so here's one. Here's one. <clears throat> Excuse me, I had to cough. Here's one that I created using this set. So this is one of those like wolves that's also a sheep. Yeah. Oh, nice. Put that on my face. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> but because of, uh, you know, all of the uh, cool stuff happening in the set, you can really get that vibe that it's, you know, printed on paper for real. Um, and that's a real, you know, a real coffee stain on the paper just showing through. That's super cool. I like working yeah, that's with awesome. I've, what was that? Sorry. I just like working with that that type of brush a lot because it gives you a real authentic look instead of something that's purely digital. Like, you know, I, I try to get away from using just the airbrush to color things in because I want that grit and that tooth. Right. I'm always trying to find something something a little bit better because like I tend to use the airbrush tool a lot, but just that like feathering, you know, that you know, the edges are always soft. It's you know, I don't know. I'm always trying to get something that looks a little bit more natural. I mean, the way to get that is you know, to use a brush that has some texture in it, right? So if I take away everything from the paper itself here, you'll just see what I put into the brush. You know, and that this one's called Magic Spit Shader. And yeah, it that's awesome. Goes the, you know, the, the color leaking out into the paper. And if you dig into the you know, brush settings, you can see what's in there. This is the, um, the splotch that I created on a, oops, lost my iPad there. Yes, Ben, all of this on a tiny little iPad. 
mind blowing, right? So the, just the creative ability of it is blowing my mind. So this is um, I want art actually a, you know a real splotch that I made on watercolor paper. I just wet the paper and dripped the, the black ink into it, and then I scanned it or photographed it. Did some adjustments in Photoshop to bring out the contrast, and then pulled it in here. That's so cool. And then we have a, um, a specific grain that I also created, which is just cobbled together from photos of the watercolor and paper. And so that green is is kind of um, affecting that shape in order to create this brush along with all the other settings. But you can actually see the texture of the paper is in the brush, even when there's no paper texture present. So then when we add the actual paper in, it meshes on top. It gets even richer. Nice. That's the, the attention to detail and that's super awesome. That's so cool. I'm definitely gonna have to innovate some of that into my work. I'm always looking for a way to just get a little more textured, a little bit more natural into my drawings. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of, you know, stock create brushes that do it, but you know, with this set, it's really made for tattooers, you know? It's, mm -hmm. got, it's got the same workflow that tattooers use. I mean, aside from tattooers, these tools are great for illustrators too. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I just want to art now. <laughs> I have a chance. I have a chance. Yeah, I got a few different paintbrushes and stuff that I'll use on Procreate that I've been messing around with, but I'm in this, I'm still in my getting to know everything phase on Procreate. So I'm still like, I'm always using a different brush to try to get a different feel and just to see what they do. And yeah. I don't know, I find there's, I like them better than Clip Studios. I really do. I feel like Procreate is such a simple program as far as like the user interface that it's almost intuitive where with Clip Studio, if you haven't been familiarized with like a legitimate design software, I mean, it, it's going to be really far out of like a beginner's wheelhouse to figure out Clip Studio. You know what I mean? Because so many things are in drop down menus mm -hmm. and you've got to go three or four menus over to look for the trick that you're looking for. It's funny working on only Clip Studio for so long, like probably like seven years and then going to Procreate, I had to like simplify the way like I saw everything a little bit. Cause things are, things are, everything is, I don't know, not everything is there, but also realizing that it's just super user friendly and things so, are right there in front of your face. So you don't really have to go digging too hard for things. One of the times I went over to see Guy, I, I usually have at least one of my iPads with me. But anyways, Kaya's running around and she's doing her thing. And like, I love kids. So Kaya's usually present, at least part of our session, which is totally fine and fun for me. But she sees that I have Procreate and I'm just like noodling along. She's like, oh, I was like, oh, you know how to do this? She's like, yeah. And she's like, and she's like pulling in this poser person. And I didn't even have poser on my iPad. So I don't even know like where she got it from. So she's like online finding somebody else's poser person, then posing it, then adding wings to it, then creating this whole scene. And then she like lights it from three different angles. And then she stretches out the cast shadow. And then she's like, I'm bored with this. That was 45 seconds, guys. <laughs> Nope. Now all the kids growing up using iPads and not having like, like I, you know, Anytime I just I... now got an iPad. I never had an iPad. My kid is three. And so she like, can work her laptop better than me. When I was that young, none time. of us had anything like that. I can only imagine like how kids will be designing things like crazy. Whenever and, like, I get stumped, we're gonna have to be keeping up. I kind of just watch my nieces and nephews. Like, hey, how would you do that? If this were your project, how would you do this? 
I wouldn't have thought to tap the screen with three fingers for that outcome. <laughs> oh, tap, tap, swipe. I didn't know that was a thing. All right. Thanks, Sam. Thanks. And it's even better when like my three-year-old niece, who we think is just like randomly pushing buttons and you see how deliberate she is and you see what she can do with one of these devices. I get, I get kid FaceTimes now. I'm like, your mom's not there. She's like, nope, got her phone. I'm like, all right. Everybody called me, I guess. It's good. It's fun. It's, it's cool. Technology it's and children. Scary. Oh, I don't mind that she calls. That wasn't my point. I just meant the fact that she's fact she knows how to do <laughs> right, it. Right. Yeah. Um, I couldn't work a phone until I was 32. How old were you when you started like working a remote control to a TV? We were poor. Um, so probably a teenager. Okay. So let's start with our technology like, knowledge. I yeah, really blink on it for like until I was in high school. So Kids today don't, they will have never seen a TV that you have to walk up and like turn the dial, the yeah. click, 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 like the one that's got like 12 stations on it. I grew up playing video games on those old click, click Channel TVs. Three, you got to click the converter in the back to go to coax. I had this RCA when I was a little kid. My Nintendo was hooked up to it. Mm -hmm. And it had like the three different colored buttons on the bottom. And then it was like this little panel that flipped open that had all the things in it. It was like, just like a floor model, but tiny. <laughs> so I thought I was baller. Cause I had like, oh, this is just like a big TV only like silver and tiny. Right. I totally remember my old little, little TV I'd carry from room to room for video games and stuff. <laughs> when I was young, it was just like this, like probably, uh, you know, TV probably like this big, but like this big, but like probably this deep. You know, just super wide and long. We had like two big ass yeah. handles on the top. We were so far behind. I remember getting an Atari because my dad's work buddy was throwing it away because yeah. it was collecting dust. I think I was it pure gold. There was Super Nintendos out at that time. And we got an Atari. <laughs> I was pumped. I'm like, fuck yeah, Frogger. Ross, do was, you, do you get into video games us. at all? I'm really trying to not get into video games. Oh no. <laughs> I got about 30 seconds of game. That's right fair. That's control. fair. Rush, you seem like a very busy person. <laughs> Video well, games are a lot of fun and they definitely can take up your time. I'm interested right now also in video game technology, specifically Unreal. Yeah. Because I, I think that Unreal Engine has some really exciting opportunities for tattoo design. What, um, what are you talking really about? That's really cool. Unreal Engine's like a video game modeling like thing. It's where oh, okay. like, like a lot of video games are made like on that okay. platform. So like 3D modeling, but maybe a little bit more simple than ZBrush. I don't know how hard it is, but they just released Unreal Engine 5 and it's got, um, you know, there's, there's a marketplace where you can bring in 3D assets from, you know, probably a, a giant library. And, right, um, so you could make stuff on ZBrush and then you could bring that character into Unreal Engine and then probably even have like the little mobile, the little, uh, what are the little sensors all over your body and stuff so you can like pr be in your room and move it around and pose it just how you want oh wow yeah i i was i was thinking of um just the landscape generators that they have oh yeah kind of included with it and are treated it like a sort of a basic feature um <laughs> for people who are making video games just to have a place to put their game but for our purposes as artists like being able to you know, like sculpt a canyon Right, like I, I watched this right. video on YouTube where someone was just like, "I'm going to import the, um, yeah, you know, Western U.S. Canyon pack, and it comes with all these like 3D scans that were done 
of, of real, you know, rock formations and you just drop them in and you, you build it. So cool. And the lighting just understands where to be instantly and you can change the time of day. You can move the sun. That's so cool. That's pretty exciting. I've been, I've been playing a, I've been playing around a lot with uh with VR and I have some sculpting programs on VR and all this different cool stuff that could make for such great references. But they got this one thing called Adobe Medium and it's basically ZBrush for uh, virtual reality, and it's uh you know I can basically use my hands as you know what you're what you'd be doing in ZBrush creating and manipulating this form whatever i'm creating in front of me i can blow it up to the size of a skyscraper i can make it really small so i can blow it up real big and work on tiny little details or make it real small and work on big overall type things and like big shapes but i've uh i actually one of my paintings i'm working on right now i actually completely sculpted out i made this whole landscape you know this like creepy little wood scene with this like head and this female like creature thing coming out of a waterfall with like infinite faces coming off the side of her like coming out of this creepy little waterfall and i feel like i did it in a way that i don't know if i could have really drawn it like that or got my light shades proper because i was able to just make like this whole scene this whole wood scene this little waterfall this creature coming out of it it was kind of based on a painting that i already did and i used the painting kind of stuck it in the virtual space so as i'm working on it 3d while i'm in that whole space i also have this giant like billboard size picture of the painting i'm basing this off of because i'm taking That's a amazing. painting and then i'm going to take this like creature that i made kitty kitty getting me <laughs> <laughs> so i'm like trying to take the creature from the painting and then turn it into something real in 3d in a 3d space so now it's like something you can like encounter in the right. painting so right. took that then put that into uh got good light forms and stuff really got my lighting the way i wanted to like light light inside the center of her head so the lighting away on the trees and the lighting off the waterfall and everything was trying to be fairly proper, then projected it onto a canvas and uh, just kind of traced it from there. Now you can finally do the painting, right? <laughs> yep, now I can finally do the painting, yeah. But it was fun, it was fun. It was an experiment to try to like innovate that into a process, into my process and see where I can find some benefit from it. And it just made it so much fun. Yeah. Little extra steps, but so much fun. Well, now you turn it into a 3D model and print it out right and i got to like live in it while i was creating it yes. like i didn't just draw it in front of me i was i was there That's like crazy. i watched i watched the birth of her I watched it come along. <laughs> it's incredible well with every new you know bit of technology that becomes more accessible you know it it can kind of intersect with you know where art is at any given point in time you know and there, there was a time before where that tool didn't exist and you would not have been able to make that art yeah Okay, you know, and I, I think just like for me, I, I try to pay attention as much as I can to what you know what is developing in the world of digital art because you know I want to get somewhere first. You know, cover <laughs> something that <laughs> right on a, a specific approach, and because we're tattooers, you know, and there's this entire video game industry or you know computer graphics industry that has you know a purpose to exist outside of tattooing. They're they're doing a lot of the work for us. Right, we just have to be willing to kind of you know, take some time to learn something complex, right? To to have like a really strong computer that can handle running some software and spend you know twenty hours kind of just digging into instructionals and all that. Mm -hmm. Again, it's still it's like a skill a you have to learn and repeat and perform. So like you're not not doing work; it's just a different form. If it's not right. pen to paper, you're still creating. Take like the extra that, time to learn the extra tools. That's insane to me to see what you've done today. Pretty insane to me. Just that quick little, 
it, it's I'm, I'm still my mind's still blown. <laughs> yep, just takes a little bit of uh, figuring out technology. Definitely took me a while to like get my, you know, the way I was doing art on paper before I ever got into digital to like actually integrating that into that process. And it takes time, it takes time to learn all the programs, you know, take time to like research every tool in the programs and, you know, how is that something that I can use in my work or innovate into something that, you know, I can use it all, or is it just, yeah, don't care about it. But it takes so much, takes, takes a good amount of time. I'm always thinking about that because I'm like, oh, do I want to jump into this project today? Or do I want to learn that program? You know, I want to learn that mm -hmm. thing on ZBrush that I've really been thinking about. Or do I want to jump into VR and work on that painting? Or do I want to like, you know, whatever new program? I got so many programs right now that I want to learn. You know, I'm not very, so I'm always thinking about these things. I'm not very big into digital art. And like when I went to art school, like I thought I was going to make a living being like a painter or sculptor. Like I really thought that's what I was going to do. But I took this digital computer class uh, my senior year in uh, high school and if it wasn't for that one class like I wouldn't have had like the foundation to do anything else and I never imagined that I would be doing anything digital at all it was just like well I want to take another art class instead of uh, anything else might as well something <laughs> yeah but um I mean we learned adobe so we learned the basics of adobe and you know we had all kinds of different like assignments and contests throughout the year for the community and it was just such a good like toes in the water like I, I guess what I'm saying is if there's actually a class in this or like if you're fortunate enough to know any other nerds that are already messing around with digital art ask because if somebody already knows it's really easy for them to be like oh here's a quick shortcut da, 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 da. sometimes you can sit through hours of tutorials and the information's there but sometimes just ask another artist that you know, like right. most, some artists are D bags and don't like to share secrets, but that karma comes around. <laughs> you hit, you hit walls where you have questions too. But most artists that I know that are cool people, like if they know how to do something, they're going to be excited to show you a new art tool. They're going to be excited to show you something that's going to help you make art and help you create, because then, you know, you share that secret universe bestows more secrets upon you it's just how it works it's just the, the karma of being an artist that's exactly you, you the give thing you, you give you get yep so i guess what i'm saying is if this if if you're if you're just a tattoo collector and you want to learn how to make digital art this is a really easy foundation or platform to to learn from um and there are so many people that know procreate and there are so many artists and tattooers and apprentices that are using procreate and are fluid with it that like just ask. Right. Gosh, you know between I mean? reinventing, ask. between Guy and Russ, like using your guys' references, like there's anyone can be an artist. <laughs> anyone, <laughs> anyone with like an interest in it. Like, you know, you have all the resources there now to like really research and get deep into it if you have the interest. You know, if you're someone who really wants to learn, you don't, you aren't getting any farther. Like literally reinventing the tattoo and tattoo smart. These two things are going to change your life if you haven't already. For anyone out there who does want to get into tattooing or get into art in general, I mean, great resources. I mean, even if I wasn't even a tattoo artist, artist, the tattoo smart things would be so relevant. Mm -hmm. That's, that's what I'm so saying. Crazy like it, it's called tattoo smart, but any even like, even like any illustrator, any graphic designer could use these things. I mean, they're nice. And same with reinventing. You know, there's so many paint seminars and things mm -hmm. like that. Like it, it starts out as like a tattoo related thing, but like art is art. Right. And these mm -hmm. tools apply for anybody. Like a tool is a tool. 
you know, like for instance, the photography arms that we use, you know, in a different capacity, those are true tattoo arm tray holders, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like multiple purposes, but just as functional. So I guess, I guess the collector's listening, like these tools are great for all of you. I I just kind of, if you have kids of being able to create stuff. If you yeah. download Procreate and put it on a tablet or an iPad, I think they're, it's only on iPads. But if you put that on uh, an iPad, you like I'll give it to my nieces and they'll stay busy for hours and they're doing something creative and they're learning and they're talking to each other and they're getting along and they're like, you know, <laughs> one of them will have my pencil and the other one will just be using her fingers. And it's really cool to see them use that creative muscle instead of just going like right to YouTube and jumping down the mindless like kids opening toys videos <laughs> or no i'm watching this video of other kids playing no i don't want to play i want to watch them play, see them play. Right. that's so my brain to stimulated me. so the other great thing about procreate in general is it's great for children and it is so intuitive that like your kids will teach you how to use it in the best way like yeah, it's yeah. just a great way to learn the program is like just watch a kid play with it <laughs> right here a moment from our sponsors apple <laughs> ipad do you have one yet because you should it is a rad creative tool i just got a pc not an apple computer but i'll always have an ipad and i'll always use an iphone it's just they're tailored to the way i work creatively i'm still scared to yeah i'm still scared to get rid of my my mobile studio i still i love that thing i feel like it just sits there though it doesn't really get much love mobile studio but i think but I don't know. It's hard to say though. If you had to tell me, what do I like more? Like the Wacom, like the 17 inch or the, the iPad, I think I might go with the iPad. I think having a home, like the home Wacom here, like this 32 inch mm-hmm. is awesome having that here. And I wouldn't give that up and having my PC connected to that. Or if it was a Mac, you know, it doesn't matter PC or Mac, but I just, I think it's, I love having that, but I love having the iPad too. It's so it's nice hard to say, what do I like, tools. so I'm, like, I'm just thinking like, would I pick iPad or I mean, Apple or would I pick Wacom? And I, would, I wouldn't give up roofer, either of them. Do you know how many hammers I own? <laughs> I'm serious. And I'm not even a real roofer. Like there's probably three different kinds of hammers right. in my truck right now. There's one, one for each kind of project, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. I feel like if I'm going to be working with vectors, since I just got this new laptop machine, if I'm going to be working with vectors, I'm probably going to be in Clip Studio on that. If I'm working with pictures, I'm going to be in Procreate. Yeah. So that's going to be like the differentiation between the two tools is one is for vector and the other is for picture time, you know? Yeah. And also anywhere, anywhere where my mind lacks and like how much I know about Procreate, I'll be like, oh, fuck it. that's where it's nice to have both because like sometimes there's something that i haven't figured out how to do in procreate like let's say i want to build my own honeycomb grid and i want to build it this deep and i want to put the bottom here and i want it to extrude in such a specific way but i also want it to wave and curve like an s at the same time and have a vanishing point I don't know how to do all of those things in Procreate, Mm -hmm. but I know how to do them in Clip Studio. I know how to do them in Adobe. I know how to do them in Flexi, but I don't know how to do it in Procreate yet. I know I could, but I'm just going to do it on the tool that I know how to do and then suck it into Procreate. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. That's kind of where I'm at with things. Yeah. For me, and you know, I'm not the most digital person. I'm probably the least digital person in our whole studio. 
but it's nice having those tools to use them. And it's nice being a little bit fluid in both of the languages between Clip Studio and Procreate because, you know, you never know when you're going to have to design like a new studio logo and sign or, you know, new business cards or it's the coffee pot. It's coffee pot. It's not Satan growling. It's the coffee pot. What is that noise? <laughs> Satan's Sorry. gurgling. Yeah, it's not Satan gurgling. I did not remember you going out there doing that. Sorry to distract you with my. So, like, so what else? Is, we've been kind of rambling for a little bit. So, what else is new down at Ink and Dagger? I know you've got some new members of your crew. Yeah, let's see. Um, definitely been some changes over the last year. You know, during the. Um, the shutdown we went through the work of making all of the artists go from being 1099 subcontractors to being employees so that was that was a big change um yeah that's complex yeah it's it's definitely complicated um you know because there's there's how how we affect the money you know when artists were previously on a commission or percentage and um they were responsible for paying their own taxes. And then all of a sudden as employees, we're responsible for paying a portion of their taxes. So we had to figure out, you know, how to adjust everything about the business structure. Between mm -hmm. Gotcha. Um, you know, and then of course they had questions like, you know, what about this or what about that? And, you know, if I'm an employee, does that still mean I can travel as much as I want to? And are you guys going to have like all these rules and stuff, you know, and, you know, I don't, I don't think any of those fears have, have come true, but it certainly was a tense time also coming back from uh, just coming coming back at all from the pandemic, mm -hmm. you know, coming back with the new COVID practices and, you so know, much change. worrying about all the things. But, you know, it just seemed like it seemed like it was a shame that the tattooers weren't able to go get unemployment. You know, if they had been employees, then they would have been able to go collect that unemployment during that time. And, that was just not available to them. And, oh uh, man, that's unfortunate. You know, so, you know, and we, we thought, okay, well, we have to be, we have to build up, you know, a, a bit of a fortress against the future, you know, forced government pandemic shutdown. Because that was never a thing that would happen in the past, right? It was never something right. that was expected. And, you know, we didn't know when it would end. You know, for us in Georgia, it ended after two months, but for people in other countries and other parts of this country, it went on and on and on and on. And, um, you know, I, I think, you know, in a lot of ways, we were the lucky ones because we didn't, we didn't know if it was right or wrong, but we were able to open up and, you know, try to try to do our best to be safe during that time. And, um, you know, it worked out kind of okay for us, but, you know, yeah, so we've, We've totally transformed um, the, you know, the way that the business is set up over this last year and um, lost a few of uh, our favorite artists in that process, you know, and that was tough. And, um, you know, now we've got some new folks that are coming in and they're excited to be a part of it. So, you know, well, that's super cool. You got some new artists coming in. Unfortunate that you lost some others. Yeah. You know, I think that's the natural, I guess, ebb and flow of having, shop and having especially having one so large you know someone's always coming and someone's always going right that, you can, almost can't center. tie your emotions to it right well, yeah. as a business owner making everybody employees you've opened up a whole new line of reliability and responsibility as the owner um, whereas a 1099 contractor they were themselves they're an independent entity working through you so that's a huge um 
excuse me for being what man that's ballsy I'm, I'm that's it's really cool to see somebody take on that responsibility open up that umbrella of trust and bring people in because that's exactly what you're doing you're creating a place that's solidarity i don't know how to explain what i'm thinking right now man but that's that's really really cool it opens the door to yeah, i agree with that uh, we have a group health insurance plan yeah. you know they can take advantage of um we could they could get their health insurance covered pre-tax, right? Which is, um, you know, tough to explain to someone who's not financially savvy, but, you know, paying for something that you are going to pay for before you get taxed on the money means you, you save a little bit, you know, because if you, if you get taxed and, and then you go pay for that health insurance, it's going to cost more in the end. So we're able to take advantage of that. They've got, um, you know, short and long-term disability that we're able to cover for them. So if they get hurt, they can, um, you know, not, not have to rely on GoFundMe. Right. You know, and, um, you know, eventually I, I hope to get into 401ks and, uh, you know, provide Doing it right. Yeah. Doing it That's right, really man. cool. That's really cool to see. Yeah. We're, you know, but, you know, being an employee is, is probably like, look, if your tattoo shop is taking appointments for the customers, you know, if you have things that are catered to the artist the way we have it at Ink and Dagger, you know, technically speaking, they're employees from the labor department's point of view. You know, if you're at a tattoo shop where, you know, the artist is truly independent and is, you know, coming and going as they please and doing everything exactly how they want to do it and no one from the business is ever telling them what to do or how to do it or, you know, giving them really any support in any way, then maybe you could make the argument that they're, they're allowed to be 1099s, but... Mm -hmm. I, I think for Ink and Dagger, it was we we had we had offered so many services to the artists that we would have had a hard time making that argument that they they should have been you know anything but employees. So I do remember. Yeah, you know, we had to change our business model, like our whole entire approach, or we had to do this, and it, it was just it was time. Yeah. The uh, <clears throat> the first time time I came down to Ink and Dagger and you we started my project and I did a guest spot, but I'd never done a guest spot there before. And since we kind of did things out of order, I didn't get like the rundown of how things worked. So like I worked on my project and then I like boot scooted and I was like, see you guys later. I come back the next morning and Russ is like, so we stay until we close and we take walk-ins if we're done with our work. I was like, oh, I was just getting out of everybody's way. Like, but like the, you know, the way that like, especially the old Red Tree was where we shared one big open studio space. It just made everybody's life easier. Like, all right, I'm out for the day. Enjoy my space. Right. See ya. Um, so it's just kind of like one of those, like, oh, I thought I was uh, doing the thing, like getting out of the way so other people could be accommodated, but no problem. Um, but that's just a, a, an example of like how fluid his machine is, but it's the exact opposite of Red Tree, where like he's talking about shops where everybody's totally independent. You know, we do we do have a support system at Red Tree. But like we make all of our own schedules, we, you know, some of us have managers, some of us don't, but like, you know, shop activities are managed and coordinated, but like we are, we, we, we don't have set hours, you know, I work second shift, Marty works third shift. <laughs> you, you know, work third shift too, girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I'm sitting there at three 30 with you, like a fun, a fun. I got to get up in two hours. 
Um, but it, one, one of the things that I really love about Ink and Dagger is it is so incredibly structured. Um, being at Red Tree, I've already owned my own studio from going so so from going like from having two studios of my own to Red Tree, I feel like I have very few responsibilities. Right. But the structure and the safety net mm -hmm. that you have that you've created at Ink and Dagger is really special. It's like equal and opposite, but like it takes it takes certain kind of characters and certain kind of work ethics to make both settings and both situations work. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I think it's nice that that artists have the option of what kind of environment is going to, you know, suit them the best and their work style the best. You know, Vaughn, I don't think I would have told you that you had to stay. It, it was just <laughs> one of those like, mm, this, is, this is how we do it. <laughs> I mean, you know, that was like a pre-COVID thing where we were really trying to encourage without without you know without requiring we were hoping to encourage artists mm -hmm. to hang around because we wanted those interactions to happen you know we didn't want for people to feel like you know um like when they were done tattooing that everyone had left it was really show it to, you know mm -hmm. and on the other side of that you know artists always have great reasons why they need to leave you know whether it be, you know to go spend time with their family great reason you know um go see your kids, go, go see them off the bed, you know, because sometimes you're going to have to be here late, you know? So it's like, you know, we're definitely not trying to, um, you know, be that controlling, right? It's more like, a, hey, like, you know, it would be awesome if you could stay until we close. I dipped out at like four <laughs> o'clock though. I was yeah. just like, okay, see you guys. Well, I, I, Deuces. I got tattooed predominantly in a busy street shop early in my collection and for years and years and years and years. And part of the atmosphere and part of the experience of getting tattooed was dealing with all the tattooers waiting on walk-ins. It was jokes and ordering pizzas and playing washers outside and mm -hmm. dice games and like sharing like, food. Sharing. Oh my God. There was always food. Always you had to go in the back because you weren't supposed to have it there, but like always sharing food. It was part of the experience. It was like hanging out at the boys club. Just like guys go to the barber shop every other week. Mm -hmm. They don't need a haircut. They want that social interaction. So if that's the experience and that's the culture you're trying to breed inside of a place, that's a, as a collector, that's inviting warm and comforting. You know the experience you're going to have when you get there. You know you're going to leave entertained. You know you're going to have a good time. And that's part of it. It's a it's a huge distraction from getting tattooed. Something else to pay attention to? Oh, they're making dick and fart jokes in the lobby? Sweet. Let me, let me be distracted <laughs> by something else. And I don't know. It, it created the environment of wanting to go back. It created anticipation of that next tattoo. Oh, I, I can't wait to see the shenanigans that are going to go down now. It was always that anticipation of going back. I love it. Oh, no. We're going down. Oh, yeah. no. Our device is going down. So I love that you make people hang it, not make. I love that it is uh, uh, asked and created an environment of people hanging out and that being a family, creating that that good time there. Yeah, we want to have the opportunities for, you know, collaboration to occur, you know, or even just for people to get together and go out to dinner after right. work. You know, if everyone just has a habit of only coming in when they have an appointment and leaving as soon as it's over, it, you know, it can be a very, you know, kind of a ghost town in the shop yep. towards the end of the day. And, um, you know, it's, it's something I really hope to get back to. Um, you know, we, we actually had to kind of allow 
everyone, not allow, but insist on everyone only being there when they had appointments just to be, you know, less people in the building for COVID. So right, that's rough. I'm out of that, you know, I'm, I'm curious if we're going to be able to grab that piece of our old culture and get it going again, because it really does depend on the artist wanting it to be that way. Yeah, uh, because I, <laughs> you I have to be involved. <laughs> right. They have, to, they have to agree that it's, you know, the best thing for everybody to well, it's it's also a healthy art environment to see the inspiration and people drawing for their next tattoo and hanging out and creating ideas and and exchanging tips and tricks and oh what are you working on next oh that's cool i'm picking that up and using that next time to have that availability um when, when people are at home all the time they're not getting that so i, I think from from a if i was an artist i would want to be looking at art all day i get it you guys do this 24 7 you're in there in the trenches all day every day but like for me, it, you'd be turning down lessons, like, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. We're back online. Oh, bam! You can see me again. Somebody forgot to plug the camera back in after what? we got a shot of Brian's foot. Oh, it was me. Was it? it was me. <laughs> Sorry, guys, I failed us. I mean, there has been lots worse technical demons <laughs> than forgetting to plug something in. Yeah, that's it. an easy fix. Oh, that's yeah, an easy fix. It. We can rock that one. Guys, I don't know how long this show usually goes for, but I have a hard stop in like 15 minutes. Um, okay. It's absolutely cool. Yep. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> totally cool. We usually we usually border on the two to three hour, two to three hour range. But, you know, whenever whenever conversation starts to going wherever one of us has got to go. I love that he filled that dead space with like, y'all motherfuckers done yet? <laughs> <laughs> um, is there anything else you'd like to talk about with us, Russ? Yeah, recap, man. Hit your highlights. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have an agenda here, but um, I'm curious if there's anything else that I can I can offer. Oh, we mm -hmm. talked a lot about Tattoo Smart. Mm -hmm. We talked a lot about... Uh, you know, one of the things we were talking about before we went live, uh, some of the better advice I've gotten about pricing was from Russ. So there's a lot of questions like, why do artists charge what they charge? How do we come to that number? Da, da, da. Russ kind of has a formula for that. He sort just of. got the, can I do this in 15 minutes face? <laughs> I think he can do it in like six. Yeah, I think so. I mean, like, I, I think for me, it starts with, when I became a tattooer in 1998, I was I was told at that time that tattooers charge $100 an hour. And that was in the Atlanta area in 1998. And um, so I started charging $100 an hour too. And that seemed like amazing, you know? At that point I was paying a 50% commission to the shop. And then I was, you know, not sure exactly what to do about taxes, but I knew I was supposed to be squirreling some away because I was a 1099 and, you know, I was, I was like still in debt for a while, you know, just really, really bad debt, you know, early on credit card usage, you know, when I got a, a credit card right when I started college and I was just like, okay, cool. And I maxed that thing out, you know, quickly buying tattoo supplies at the beginning during my apprenticeship. And I would just play that game road, like, you know, get a new credit card and transfer the balance over to reduce the interest rate. And then, <laughs> and so at a certain point, you know, I was like $25,000 in credit card debt and there was just no way that I was ever going to get out of it, you know, until, you know, I, I got, 
got really fortunate at some point my my dad helped me um you know kind of like get one loan and pay it off and start to make payments and I, I was able to get out of it eventually and um you know never ever would go back there again you know wouldn't wish that on anybody but you know it, you know, it, it quickly became like, you know, like the needs of my lifestyle were growing, right? Starting to have a family and, you know, needed, needed to earn more money. Um, but the, um, the cap that a tattooer faces is really on the amount of time that they can spend tattooing. That's the real cap, right? It's like, how, how many appointments can you book? How long can you spend actually tattooing? Because we're all charging, for the most part, we're charging by the hour and that hour is, is, is clocked from when we start tattooing to when we stop tattooing. And um, so, you know, to customers who are thinking like, hey, like I make 40, you know, who knows what they make? Maybe they make $15 an hour at their job or maybe they make $50 an hour at their job, but they they make it for all the times they spend doing that work, right? And, and our work includes drawing the tattoo, um, which we might be doing back at home. Um, you know, or before they ever arrive, and, and our work includes the equipment that we're um, that we're using, the supplies that we're using, and all those things cost money. And then there's you know all the time that we spent in our lives building the skill to be able to do that work, <laughs> do it efficiently, right? So you're not so, paying for the ten minutes; you're taking the ten years it took you to learn and do it in ten minutes, right? Exactly. Right. So you know, so that's the first thing I guess you know customers of tattooing might need need a little bit of you know calibration on understand that you know our hourly rate is not equal to their hourly rate um in the same apples to oranges way or apples to apples way so where am i going with this you know so so tattooers need to you know if we're going to charge by the hour we need to you know charge enough to cover you know what it costs to you know i mean but also, when a lawyer gets a phone call, he bills for that phone call. So if you took you three hours to draw your image, your tattoo started with a three-hour charge. You want to run it that way, or do you want to pay my rent? Yeah, well, I mean, I think a lot of tattooers just kind of come into it, and we get told how it's done by other tattooers. And there's this um, sort of a myth that there's, like, some logic going on to it. I think really what's happening is just people are told what to charge, and they start tattooing, and they start charging that amount. And then, you know, they do a weird thing where they actually don't charge that amount ever. They, um, a lot of tattooers just like say it's an amount per hour, but then they don't keep up with the time. And then they, at the end, they just go, well, that seemed like about two hours. So it'll be this much. And right, um, so probably undercutting themselves as well. Yeah, I think more so. Tattooer charges less, you know, than they actually would because they, they feel bad and they want to, um, you know, kind of make the customer feel like they're, they're kind of, cutting them a break um, yeah a lot of tattooers do that and then um of course the shop you know loses out its piece of the action because the tattooer is choosing what to charge and uh, it's not as much as they were they could have charged so so that goes your overhead and profit right <laughs> right overhead profits taxes like we're not even charging that's you know. a business. Uh, you, know, you know we have to talk about inflation right because i think that people largely don't know about that but you know inflation goes at about three percent every year so when i started tattooing in 98 at a hundred dollars an hour if 10 years passed i would need to charge roughly a little over 130 dollars an hour just to be at the exact same rate so now you know more than 20 years has passed since that time when we were charging a hundred dollars an hour in atlanta georgia 
And um, just really quick math, that means that that $100 is now equal to $160. And that's assuming your skill set hasn't changed and you haven't developed a skill at all in those past 20 years and you're still doing your entry level tattoos. Right. Yeah. If I'm still doing that entry level tattoo, I should be at 150 an hour. And, you know, we, Tattoo Smart did um, some polling all over the United States a couple of years ago. And um, at that time, you know, we found that the average hourly rate was sitting somewhere around a hundred and maybe 135, $140, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, but there were still tattooers who, I, you know, I thought were pretty decent tattooers who were closer to 120 an hour, even $100 an hour sometimes. So, you know, they, they clearly didn't know about inflation. They just heard that they were supposed right. to. Right. And then all their clients, I feel like at that point, you kind of the clientele and the demographic around your shop and, you know, the people that are coming in and out of the shop have an idea of that's what a tattoo charge, that's what a tattoo costs. So they don't really, you know, you're, you're setting you know, you're My setting the standard, you're setting a standard for them. Bucks. So as soon as you realize your worth and you're like, oh, shoot, no, I should be charging $200 an hour or something like that, 150 then, you know, everyone's kind of, you know, turned off for a second to buy it. But still, stay in your ground, do what you got to do for yourself. It's only permanent. It's only that hard. It's, it's one of those things where a lot of tattooers are afraid to do it and they, they, they delay it for too long, right? And they, you know, so three or four years go by and they haven't changed the price. And then at that point, they need a major correction. So they're, they're thinking, okay, now I'm, instead of 125 an hour, I'm going to be 150 an hour. And, um, you know, then they worry about how to, how to explain that to all these customers. And, and then know. try being six months booked out or something. And then all of those people are all on the same page of what you've been charging. And so it's like, okay, I would like to make a little bit more, but the whole next six months of people are going to be on this. So oh, we'll think about it down the line then. Yeah, I, I've just I've talked to so many tattooers who were afraid to do it, and then I've I've convinced them to not be afraid and to just go ahead and you know raise the rate and stick to it, and you know keep up with the amount of time that they were actually charging and actually charge the amount that you know they're supposed to charge for the amount that they tattooed. And I don't know of anybody who's ever come back to me and said, "Russ, that didn't work." I'm, <laughs> that was dumb. I hate money. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and, and, you know, like instead tattooers want to have conversations with the studios they're at about how their percentage should be higher. Um, you know, which and if they're going to keep charging low, that's just going to mean that nobody wins. You know, if you if they were just to charge what they could char charge and what they should charge, then the studio would be, you know, making more profit as well. And then they could all, you know, receive the benefits of that, you know, so. I was always under the impression that the percentage was reliant on the amount of clientele you were bringing into the shop. So if you were sitting and collecting and waiting all day for the sun, one person to walk in to do a tattoo and you were generating no income for the business, your percentage was lower. But as your books fill and the more income you're generating for the tattoo studio, the less percentage you have to pay to the you know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. so if yeah. you're filling your own books, you should be making more money on running your own clientele. But if you're sitting there waiting on, you know, people yeah, but, to walk through but the door, what Russ is right, saying is sense. instead of like, let's say you're charging a hundred an hour, instead of being like, man, I can't live off of 40 or 50 or 60% charge more. Yeah. No, because I like absolutely get that. The, the point that Russ is making is 50% on 200 is now a hundred an hour. Right. That that's where he's like, let's work for what we're worth. And, you know, it's, it's hard. 
uh, one of the, one of the first like serious lessons I think I got from Russ, I, I had, he was working on me and I had just started working at Red Tree and Derb was like, you need to charge this much. You need to charge this much. You need to charge this much. And I'm like, I don't know, Derb, that sounds like a lot. Like, that's what I pay the people that work on me. Like, I don't feel like I'm, I don't feel like I'm worthy. And then anyways, long story short, like Russ and I have this conversation. He explains inflation. He explains like, you know, all the money that I've spent traveling to learn all of these lessons, all of that adds value to my work. And then he, he's like, Vaughn, you should charge this much. And I was like, well, if Derb's telling me I should charge that much and Russ Abbott is telling me I should charge that much, (laughs) I should probably charge that much. Yeah. So it was one of those, like, "Ah, you're both throwing the same exact number out there and very confident that that's what I'm worth. (laughs) So, um, so yeah, I've, I've definitely kind of taken heed and been like, mm, okay, people, people I respect are telling me this is, this is what I should value my time at. So yes, I should I value know. my time at that much, mm-hmm. but all right. Well, well sweet, yeah. we're, we're, we're rounding in on the last few minutes that Russ has with us. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us, Russ. That was really great yeah, that was super cool. It was a great time. One of these days as we get to traveling, we're going to have to drop in on Ink and Dagger and take a tour. You guys are going to bring the show on the road? I would love to. Yep, that's the plan. That's the plan. We're trying to work on our mobile setup. Yep, everything's portable, so we should be able to pack up and go once we get once we get our routine down. It says, get off the podcast alarm. Yep. <laughs> I thought I turned all my notifications off. Uh, thank you so much for having me um i would love to come back and and chat sometime in the future and follow up on this so anytime you want to arrange it uh arrange it we'll make time for you russ i appreciate you sounds good same man continue without me do i just leave the conversation now go ahead leave the conversation and we'll wrap it up great to meet you man all right this is awesome thank you so much russ see you guys i can Stop craning my neck now. <laughs> I mean, you can look at me if you want. I do. Aww. I'm up there. <laughs> I do. Uh, every now and then I can sneak a, a view onto the back monitor when we're talking to somebody. But then yes. I feel like I'm not connected because everybody's looking this way. <laughs> I kind of like it. It feels like we're like students looking at teacher from like the from the, the extra angle over here. Right. Yeah. Do you pay attention to the iPad uh, we're shot all, from we're here? All looking up, yeah. That was a good talk. So we do have Brian with us today. We could wrap up right now, but we do have a few more things we could talk about as well. So you guys, you guys remember Brian, Brian joined us on one of our early episodes, couple, couple early episodes, right? Just one. It was the first one where you had cameras. Oh yeah. That was like number. All right. Didn't we get them set up a lot more efficiently today? Oh, they're awesome. Like they look great. Like Everything. Our angles are okay now, getting better. But uh, Brian brought a piece of artwork with him that he wanted to, to share and I talk figured, about. I kind of figured if um, I were to come, you know, more regularly on the show, it'd be awesome to bring, you know, it's a tattooing, uh, tattoo podcast, but it's like uh, you can collect art and hang on your walls as well and stuff mm-hmm. your body. And I just figured I would, uh, I've got quite a bit. So if I bring, I've uh, yeah. We can stretch this out. I can stretch this out a few episodes. Uh, (laughs) So I just I didn't really you know I just kind of looked at the walls and was like, shit. 
Like, well, you know, well, and it was a what do I bring? And then it was just like that one's low enough. Yeah. <laughs> well, with with a large personal collection, um, don't take this the wrong way, but you're being greedy. Share that shit. I oh. see it. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, I do. I have a lot hidden away. It's because I like I don't. You know, I'm not a tattoo. I'm not a shop. I don't like you know show it off in my house of like, hey, everybody, come look at this. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think it is a good idea to show it off. Um, I brought a piece from Scotty Munster. Um, I've got quite a few from him. Nice. I've been waiting. I'd say since like 2017, it's on my behalf of like not traveling to Minnesota and driving, you know, flying in Minnesota or, you know, like Fallon likes to do. She just drives everywhere. Damn, I like man. the whole, I like, I like to get it on the plane, close my eyes, wake up. I don't know. Um, now that it is a lot easier to travel with medication, <laughs> oh, <I get laughs> whatever it. you yeah. want to call yeah. it. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm more of a fan of flying. I enjoy the, the quicker trip. In and out. Oh, yeah. 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 Get in close. There's like a nice light right in that middle there. Oh, just like, yeah, just set it right up here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, if he has a name for it, but it's uh, I actually didn't purchase this one straight from Scotty. Um, one of his collectors um, was letting some stuff go, and I was able to uh, jump on that. I got two pieces from him, and this is one of them. I'm not exactly sure the collector's name that had it prior to me. I'm just glad her little, was... her little clutch of mushrooms. Oh, I yeah. love that background space. I've, you know, I'm just waiting to get a tattoo from him. It's been, I think since 2017. I like the way, come back in on the hair, Ben. I really like some of the things that he did. Trying to go the speed of the focus. I love hair highlights and just the line work that it takes to do that stuff. Uh, oh, see the green thumb? Both. How right. cool. Like every little detail like that. I didn't even notice the green thumbs. The large mushrooms with the little mushrooms with mm -hmm. the drippies. Soft, soft trees. Super rad. Nice. Love Very it. cool. Love it. I feel weird. I've been like sitting here this whole time with like one shoe on, one shoe off. Something, <laughs> something I don't do on the regular. Never reclothed. Right? <laughs> you know, you never know what.
like that. What do you mean back in the day? It'll be like, did you see this new pastel palette that just came out from such and such? This is the light pastel of da-da-da that I needed. Like, that's the perfect one to fill in the gap in my... Or, you know, sometimes there'll be like a middle peach that I'm like mixing pink and yellow and orange together to make. And they'll come out with a new color, which is exactly what I needed. And it'll save me like 45 seconds making that color. You know what I mean? Middle peach. Um, I'm just using that as an example. Oh, I know. I was just being silly. <laughs> Fill in air. <laughs> um, Are we live again? Can you hear yeah, us? we're live. Okay. I don't know how long we were blinked out, but we're we're good, good. to go. We're good to go. It's kind of... No, I just no, I just lost. It. <laughs> all right i think we've got sound on the ipad yeah you guys i couldn't um i couldn't hear you oh so we're, we're at the end of the show, but we got through we got through our talk today with russ just fine but we're gonna end on just the ipad so i don't know what's going on with our noise but um so we were talking about raw colors do you think we should talk about this a little bit or do you think we, we should start next week Oh, whatever you guys want to do if you're asking me on my end. Um, no. You guys want to just go ahead and wrap up? Call it's it a short, short day. We're going to hang out. I'd say right. Yeah, call it a short day. Okay, let's call it a short day. And then I want to, I was kind of just rambling about color before we started having technical difficulties. Um, let's yeah, that's ahead. interesting. I've never seen a tech uh, happen like that during a live show. So that was, I thought it was from my computer. So very interesting. Um, just a little hiccup, but luckily we've always got the iPad in the corner for backup. Cool. So, um, yeah, so we'll wrap up this week and next week let's jump in. We'll just start talking um, different colors because I think that's something that kind of is important for collectors to know about because like sometimes I'll run into a collector that's like, let's do it black and gray for now and we can decide to put color in it later. And that's really yeah, it's not. No. Unless you want green yellows, so it's not gonna work. <laughs> nope. So um yeah, let's just jump into like maybe the first the first segment. Um next time we'll just jump in talking about color and nerding out. And I know you've got a totally different um angle of knowledge about color than what I do. So I think it'd be really good to Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, anything you guys need to share from reinventing before we sign off for the day? Oh, uh, yeah, we actually have those sample packs that I mentioned in the beginning. You can uh, get those at reinventingthetattoo.com slash sample pack. And we are going to be releasing some 24-7 um, programming coming up soon. So that'll be cool to let everybody on in on as well. Awesome. Cool. Sweet. All right, guys. Well, we'll check back in with you next week and uh, talk about more tattoos.